Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we're talking all things Core Hydration Classic. It was the comeback meet for Simone Biles and Cindy Lee, their first elite competition since the Tokyo Olympics. We saw the beautiful Melanie DJ Susto Santos, absolute domination from Jocelyn Robertson, and so much more that we break down in today's episode. We hope you guys enjoy it. So you guys may or may not have seen the tweet, but we had some technical difficulties and basically recorded this whole classics recap. And then that was over an hour long. And it felt like we spent the entire day doing it. We were getting a little bit distracted doing other things while we were editing it, but it just felt like it took all day. And then basically, long story short, it didn't save. As we were exporting, the program that we used to edit crashed and we weren't able to recover. And then, obviously, that's frustrating. Brittany took to Twitter in a fit of rage <laughs> and basically was like, we're not... Do- okay, she didn't- that was not the tone of her <laughs> tweet, but she was basically like, we're not putting out an episode because we're busy and we are and it is hard to sit down and like re-record what you literally just did. In that moment, I was just super frustrated because like you said, we I would say we spent probably a solid five hours in total on and this. And after the weekend that we had, we just like wanted to be done with it and then it did that to us. But so, now we slept on it. It's the next day. And a lot of people were tweeting or messaging like bummed out that we weren't going to have an episode. And also I think this moment is too big of a moment not to acknowledge on the podcast. No, so I kind of right. feel like we have to. So... We're here. <laughs> Surprise. We do have an episode after all. We're a little bit late. Sorry about that. But um, I needed to get over my temper tantrum. Right. But I'm sure a lot of you guys know we were both at Classics um, working for Inside Gymnastics, but we were both were credentialed and it was my first time. Yes. And what a meet to be at. <laughs> I know. We've said this already, but when we credentialed for this, Simone and Suni was not supposed to be a thing. We had no indication that they were going to be competing here. So <laughs> that was a, a pleasant surprise, I think, for everybody who was already credentialed as media to find out that they were going to that meet. Um, it definitely made things a lot crazier than anything I've experienced before. Um, because last year when I was at U.S. Championships, you know, we had like Jade Carey and Jordan Childs. And I want to say there was like no more than 10 members of the media and when you were interviewing the athletes afterwards, you'd be in like almost like groups of five-ish maybe. And things were just wild. There was so much media there, like outlets that don't normally cover gymnastics. Like you have your gymnastics media that's at every single meet. But then you have when Simone's involved and, and Suni's involved, you have like the Today Show and there New was York a, Times. Yeah, you have an outlet from France that came to the meet. Because of Melanie, obviously. So there was a lot of media there and they didn't have a like press conference area, which really was not ideal for Simone in particular because... Well, and, and SUNY. Well, SUNY as well. But honestly, I kind of felt like from a media standpoint, there was, there was definitely more interest in Simone. Like, they were, for podium training, the media that was there, they were, like, following Simone's every move. And nobody was by SUNY. No, and I, at one point, was by the beam getting videos of SUNY, and I think Simone was on bars at that time, and no one was around. And I'm, like, looking around, like, hello, what are are people doing? And I get it's Simone, it's her first meet, and that rotation in particular was her first time, like, 
doing gymnastics that the, that the public has seen so i get it but um there definitely was more interest in simone in this meet than there was suny which yeah. you would never think would ever happen that like the iranian olympic champion would make her come back to elite gymnastics and there'd be not that much interest in her and there was interest in her i'm not saying that there wasn't but as far as like podium training well i think like the mass media that came to the meet they were there for simone yeah and she by far had the biggest mob of press around her because she didn't do press after podium training. She only did it after the competition. Mm -hmm. And there was not a lot of room. A lot of, if you were basically, if you were like one of the lucky ones that got in the front, you had like good audio and good video and you could ask questions. But like, it was so loud in the arena and there were so many people there. Yeah, it's funny because if you go look at the Simone interview that's on Inside Gymnastics YouTube channel, one of the comments on that was like, why are they doing this during the meet? (laughs) And I'm like, you realize it's not during the meet. Like, this is after the award ceremony. Like, it's just that loud. (laughs) People are just screaming because Simone is sitting on the podium talking to the media right in front of them. (laughs) They're like (laughs) chanting her name. It's so it was it we, was hard to hear like even just standing there like we were like in the second I mean they weren't really rows but kind of I guess if they're if you would classify second it as row, row of the the mob of the mosh pit is what I was calling it <laughs> we were like kind of in the second row and so we were pretty close but I could you not I could not hear a thing every once in a while I'd pick up like a word here or there but I was pretty close and I could not hear. I could not hear what she was saying. I couldn't hear what the other media was asking. I was filming it, and the audio that we got from the camera was actually, thank God, better than what it better wasn't. than the, better than what I could hear in my own head <laughs> with your own ears. Right, but that's because that had a, the camera had a mic on it. So yeah, I walked away from that interview with Simone, being like, I could not tell you a goddamn thing she said. Can't wait to listen to it because I don't know what was said. <laughs> and so that makes it hard, in my opinion, for the media to really fully engage you like you said basically the people in the front row who happen to get a good spot those are the people that are asking all the questions for the most part because everybody else behind can't either hear or half the time they can't even see there's people who are struggling to even get their camera in there to see um and so that's where i think a better i don't want to say a better arena but like this arena did not have a room for a press conference and that was the issue so they were having to do it on the podium where it was loud where everyone was crowding around when you have a room for a press conference everyone is sitting down in individual chairs that are spread out and you have your camera set up and you know what i mean well and that's not necessarily the fault of usa gymnastics because like we said even just with us credentialing for this meet they had that arena set in stone before suny and simone announced that they were right going to the meet it was kind of just like after the fact you're like wait a minute how is this gonna work (laughs) and we were going in we were questioning the same thing we were like how is this gonna work looking around and seeing all the people that are there as media and thinking we're all here at the end of this meet for the same purpose and that's to get quotes from simone it was chaos. <laughs> yeah. But I was really, really happy with our seats. We had great seats, arguably the best seats in the house. Front row, right by floor. So close. And usually, like, media seats are not always in the best location. Like, last year at championships, we were kind of, we were by beam, but we were pushed, like, into a corner, kind of. Or, like, you're up in the rafters. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, one of the two. You're either, like, in a corner somewhere, you're way high up. This was, like, 
front row seating like i mean you guys saw it on tv but basically that whole side of the arena was just the press so when the athletes are on floor and they face that direction they're not there's no audience behind us it's just it's the scoreboard and it's the media yeah so we had really good seats i actually for the rotation that wcc was on floor during podium training i actually went back to my seat to film because i was like walking around filming and that's how close we were (laughs) i was able to just sit in my seat and just like film it from there so that was really really cool definitely the best seat that i could have envisioned for this and it was fun because like you said there was no one besides the media on that side of the arena so when the athletes were performing they were performing to us shout out to calise wolford former (laughs) podcast guest she was literally putting on a show for the elephant gymnastics podcast there was one part of her team where she was in that corner right by us and just made eye contact with us and was like performing i'm like Thank you. Love you, you girl. To, you didn't have to go that hard, please. <laughs> but no, it was, it was really, really fun. And it was also funny because we were joking, like all the members of the media, we were joking. When it came to Simone on floor, we knew that that was going to be like a lot of the stuff that would circulate depending yeah. on how she did. <laughs> and we all knew that we were going to be on camera. A lot of people were tweeting us and like sending us screenshots of us. <laughs> and we were all like, we need to practice our straight face because you can't like show emotion or like you're supposed to be, you imp- can't react. You're supposed to be impartial. <laughs> so we were like, we need to practice our like poker faces before Simone comes. We need to like, if you got to get a sip of water, fix your hair, pick like, your nose, right. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> and then we were also like, maybe we should like hit like our, like turn to your good side, like get your glamour shot going, like pose in the way that you want to be posed when the camera <laughs> comes on you (laughs) it was pretty funny in the end i just ended up trying to hold a straight face and someone actually said that to us too they were like how do you hold a straight face and i'm like it's hard but we're trying okay (laughs) i feel like during jocelyn's routine i was definitely smiling and also khalees like we just mentioned Mm -hmm. um those girls that we've like had on our podcast and then but they're looking at you and they're like performing at you and i'm like i have to like give them something you know what i mean like i gotta smile at least right you gotta connect with them it was definitely a really cool experience though um actually we got pretty lucky with having run-ins with gymnasts Right when we got there, so we drove from Michigan, of course, and the credentialing registration area is the same for anyone that is credentialed. So whether you're media, you're an athlete, coach, broadcast a judge, team, yeah, everybody goes to the same door. And we were walking up this hill because that's what you had to do in order to get to. It the- was like a loading dock. Yeah. The area that they had credential pickup at and like the entrance that the athletes went through was like not even like really an entrance. It was quite literally like a loading dock. Yeah. Where you could like put a semi truck and unload equipment. Well, right. That's how they were getting the equipment into the arena. But and it was like just like a little like side door. <laughs> you had to like walk up this hill in order to get to where you were going. So we see these two athletes walking down. Me and Brittany are walking up. And then we were like, is that Simone? <laughs> And it was. It was Simone and Jordan Childs. They had just gotten their credentials, I'm assuming. And um, we just like walked right past them. Simone Biles in the wild. Right. Just like that. Our first half hour being in Hoffman Estates. <laughs> and it's crazy because you, you're you so used to seeing Simone and Jordan, but particularly Simone, always surrounded by media, fans, or you're seeing her in a competition setting. You know what I mean? Like you're not right. often just like casually walking past Simone Biles and Jordan Giles. And she actually said hi to us. I was surprised that she remembered us because we used to like 
I don't want to say we knew her because we didn't know her, but like she knew of us way back in the day. It was one of those things where like she would always come and say hi to us after the meets, come up and give us a hug, things like that. It was because of Triple Twist. Yeah. Like we had like our blog back in the day and we would interview her and things like that. So yeah, we had like a, one of the first interviews that we ever did. It was actually through Skype because Zoom wasn't a thing back then. And we, we did an interview with Simone and it was awful. Not because the questions were bad, but just... We just didn't know how to interview We were people. just really awkward. Yeah. Anyways, I don't even know where that interview was at. But that was like right after 2013 Worlds, I think. Yeah, it was. She'd yeah. won Worlds at that point. But anyways... So it, it she had been that, that long, She really. knows who we are. And like, she's known for a while, but it's also just been so long. And she's also gotten so big since we've last really had like any interaction with her so i was kind of surprised but also like very pleased to know that she remembered who we were and this is where being like professional as media has to come in unfortunately because in that moment you're like this is a perfect opportunity to like get a photo you know what i mean but we're like literally going in to pick up credentials as media so then we have to just like be like professional you know what i mean and be Mm -hmm. like you you can say hi of course like she initiated the conversation with us the hi it wasn't a conversation she just said hi and we said good luck but um but then when like we walk past then there's that part of you inside that's like (laughs) Pull your phone out and start texting all your friends. Literally, I'm like, I, I literally had all of the group chats going. Like, you're not going to guess what just happened. Like, <laughs> so, that, so that was a great way to start the It trip. was definitely, like, the best possible way to start the entire trip. And then from there, things just got really chaotic. <laughs> At least it felt that way for me, just because it was my first time doing this. Me and Ashley, we counted between the three days that we were there, worked 51 hours. Between the drive and then just time spent in the arena, there was not food at the arena. Like, they didn't provide food for the media. So we would either have to, like, leave and go get something or we would just, like, bring snacks and, like, basically starve ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So healthy. And so basically we were spending, like, long all day pretty much there oh the yeah arena. one of the days i don't even remember because it, it all like blurs together in my mind i don't remember what day it was it was the day of senior women's podium training and then the hopes competition and then the and junior then women we got there at like 7 30 and we didn't leave until 10 30 or 11 30 or something so yeah like and we were quite literally working that entire time like right. i maybe stopped and looked at my phone for like 10 minutes at one point to like shove some food in my mouth i wrote like two articles i think during the hopes competition and a little bit during the juniors and yeah just a lot very very busy definitely um so if you enjoy don't have time to get bored <laughs> if you enjoyed the coverage that inside gymnastics provided that was your girls <laughs> okay so let's get into the actual competition because a lot happened lots of really exciting stuff and we have a lot to talk about so i guess we'll go in chronological order we'll start with juniors yeah so We'll start by saying this. Jayla Hain won the U.S. Classic last year in the junior division. She was not at this competition. She originally was on the roster, but ended up pulling out. Um, She actually rolled her ankle eight weeks prior to Classics and was only cleared to train right before, like the week before Classics. So um, didn't end up competing, but she is expected to be back for U.S. Championships and is expected to be good to go. So that's good news because she is definitely one of the front runners, one of the top juniors right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to Hesley Rivera, who was my pick for winning the competition, she ended up pulling out after... So she started on bars, did beam, and then ended up pulling out. She fell on both. She, she did. She had a really great bar routine, fell on her dismount, which is similar to what I believe she did at Winter Cup earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that dismount is clearly it's not the worst, working though, when you have a great routine and then you fall on the dismount it's like oh you're so close to being right. done yeah that's <laughs> literally what it felt like and then she went to beam 
I don't remember I think how she m- had three falls. You're right. I think she did because she got like an 11 something. And yeah. I remember we were talking about that score being she, too high given the mistakes that she had. She in got between. an 11.550. I want to check real quickly because I don't remember off memory. It was either three or maybe she had four. I think it was three. But either way, her score was definitely really, really high given the amount of mistakes that she had. While you're looking that up. So what ended up happening after that is she pulled out. So we did an interview with her on the Inside Gymnastics YouTube channel before the competition, after podium training, and she said that her back was sore. So she wasn't sure at that point in time if she was even going to do the all around. So we knew going in there was a possibility that she would pull out. Um, She had a pretty rough warm up um, on on floor in particular in podium training. So yeah, I was not shocked at all that she, after beam, decided to pull out of the meet. I will say that, and this is not going to be surprising considering that Hesley trains at Woga and this has kind of been like the history of gymnasts that train at Woga that are like chronically injured. Classics is not that important of a meet. Hesley is already qualified to the national championship so I kind of just wish that she had rested this meet. I, I, I guess I don't know the point of showing up doing two in the end with the way that it ended up going to mediocre events and then having to scratch because your back is hurting. Like if your back is hurting, why not just rest and well, prepare for championships? Yeah. And that was actually something that she acknowledged when we talked to her. She said that like, she knows that classics is by far not as important as the U S championships is. So she knows that her coaches know that why they decided to let her to compete. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, sure. It's experience. You know I mean? That's always a good thing, but I feel like at the, but is it worth it if you're back a sore and you're risking injury and right. Like know. at that point, probably not worth it. At least in my opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you would agree with me. By the way, she did have three falls. Okay. So an 11.550 for three falls is very generous, a little cray cray. <laughs> But that's what happened. So hoping that Hesley and Jayla Hain will both be healthy for the U.S. championships because I think it could be a real battle for those two to win their first junior all-around national title. But also in the mix is Karen Fennell, who has been on an absolute roll since winning the American Classic. Then she comes in and wins the U.S. Core Hydration Classic. So, And she's somebody who's always kind of been somewhat in the mix so far in her junior career like last year she had a pretty solid year she's never been like that top junior um she was an alternate for the junior worlds was that earlier this year yeah it was like end of march beginning of april yeah so she's always had potential that's always been there but she's never been able to top the podium so I feel like she's kind of finally coming into her own, which is really, really exciting. Her score, actually, just a little fun fact, would have placed seventh in the senior division. So not too shabby. Yeah, she's really, really clean. She looks unfazed. That was something that I remember thinking when I was watching her is that like a lot of junior athletes look really nervous when they're competing. And she was one that just kind of would get up there and do her job. And she didn't seem phased in the slightest. Cool as a cucumber. As Hesley right. Rivera would say. That's what like, she said. That's a Hesley Rivera quote. <laughs> um, but yeah, so super, super happy to see Kieran come away with the title. Ashley's going to give you the rest of the podium. So we had some new faces. We had Tatum Drush in second. By the way, I should say Kieran's score was a 52.8. Then Tatum Drush was second with a 51.2. And then Addie Fulcher was third with a 51.1. Kind of making a run for the podium at the end there was Ella Kate Parker. 
she gets my most improved award. If anybody watched the American Classic just two weeks prior, she was a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really bad Kind of, like, concerning. I was like, is she okay? Yeah, and she's kind of been off dealing with injuries, switching gyms again. So she went to Woga because there was a family member that was dealing with something and she needed to be close to that person. She ended up moving back recently to Cincinnati Gymnastics because that's where she always wanted to be. That's what we were told. Like, she always wanted to be at Cincinnati. She kind of just didn't have a choice at that point in time. So she's back. Again, both of those gyms are not ones that have really great track records as far as athlete health, which is as we're seeing in Ella Kate Parker. It's something that she's kind of been plagued with in her young career already. But here at Classics, she looked really, really good. Yeah, shades of the old Ella Kate Parker. She hit four for four. She had on her third tumbling pass on floor, which was her last event, a little bit of a hiccup. She was under-rotated and ended up taking like 50 million steps backwards, but kept it on her feet. So she did. It, it was a hit, four for four. And really looked good. And in the warm up, she kind of looked off. She almost was in tears before the competition. She was, yeah. Because when she came to floor, we could see her face really well because she was basically right there. And she most definitely had tears in her eyes. Like, I don't know what was happening. Like, I wasn't zoning in on her. So maybe she was having a bad warm up on beam. I don't quite know what was going on. But my thought was. Oh, great. She already looks like she's crying. She needed to qualify at this meet. She needs to qualify. It was do or die, basically. And this is a lot of pressure. And she, during the competition, did a complete 180 on the situation. The best meet that she's put up, potentially ever. Or at least in a while. Yes, definitely in a while. So um, she gets the All Things Gymnastics Podcast Most Improved Award that I'm creating in this moment because (laughs) I was very, very impressed watching her and very happy for her. She looked so happy at the end when she realized that not only she had qualified to championships, but that she hit for for four and she got through the meet healthy. So super, super happy for her. And then Simone Rose is another fan favorite, somebody who was in contention for the podium or at least a fan favorite for the podium coming in. Um, She also didn't have the best meet, similar to Hesley. She started out with a fall on bars, um, had a a decent beam routine, a decent ball, and then uh, fell on floor, her third pass. That was something that... She had been struggling with in podium training and the warm up prior to the competition. I think that third pass that she does, I saw her maybe land one or two of them the entire weekend. <laughs> like I, there was a really strong possibility that she was going to fall on that. <laughs> I knew that going in, and, and she did, unfortunately. But um, so much room to grow for her. She's someone that I really enjoy watching. She's still really young, really inexperienced. She doesn't have, you know, international experience. Last year at Classics and Championship, she was only doing two events. Mm-hmm. Floor was not one of them. So she has a lot of time still to, like, get that experience and improve her confidence and consistency. Can we talk about her floor routine? Yes. The choreography. Ugh, I love it. So it was choreographed by Miss Val Macy Dunn, who, if you don't know who she is, she's a professional dancer. She was actually in Simone Biles tour. And was she, she was, like a choreographer or just one of the dancers? She was one of the dancers. She was like technically, I think, the dance captain on the tour. Okay, period. <laughs> but she's really good. And then Camille Palmer, who is a coach at Pacific Rain, but she also has like a background in dance as well. So it was kind of a collaborative effort between the three, but I think it turned out really, really well. They were, I know they were a little bit nervous with how Simone was going to perform it. Yeah, they didn't want it to be known. I think going into the meet, 
like who all choreographed it, like especially Miss Val's role in it because Miss Val was so known for her choreography that I think they wanted her just to go out there and do the routine and not have anyone like really even talking about it. If right, that makes like, sense. Not to put pressure on her to have to do this it. like amazing Miss Val floor routine. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. they just wanted to get that first one out of the way. So, but she did it really well, especially given that she did have a mistake on floor. Like she, you could see in like her eyes that she was like. I don't know. There was like a... She was telling a story of some sort. Yeah. I don't know what that story is, but <laughs> something was going on and I liked it. At the end, she does like the little like the eyes, like, like she points. Like Felicia Hanna with the alien routine. Yeah. She... Like she has two fingers pointing towards her eyes and she flips it around. And she like points at the judges and she like puts her hand on her like chest. <laughs> so it's kind of like, a, like I'm watching you. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's different for a junior. We don't see juniors really have like intricate choreography or really that great performance quality so that was nice to see and and honestly something that I didn't really expect from Simone just because she is like so fresh on the scene she's a little bit shy and you know I didn't really like expect her to like really perform well but um I think she did pretty good especially given the circumstances and well I think that her performance quality will even continue to evolve over time like the older she gets, the more maturity, you know, the more she performs that routine, she'll get more comfortable with it. And I think it only is going to get better. So mm-hmm. that's... Sorry. <laughs> you really tried to... I really tried to hold my cough until she was done talking and I couldn't. So if you and heard you, that weird And noise, then you interrupted, so now we can't edit it out. <laughs> I had to admit, I just coughed and I still need to cough. So please hold it. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think I was just saying that I'm excited to see where that routine goes in the future me too okay so session one of seniors now yeah okay so i've been waiting for this one jocelyn freaking robertson even though the title of this podcast (laughs) is going to be simone freaking biles jocelyn freaking robertson i'm so happy for her so proud of her Uh, it's just been a long time coming you know we've been watching jocelyn since she was a little fetus baby (laughs) and like now she's this amazing senior gymnast who is going to international competitions and winning medals she's so confident she's so well spoken she's just like she's that girl yeah she's killing it and i feel bad because i think she's someone that for the longest time people were writing off and i will say this one of my biggest um like things i don't want to say that i that i'll brag about but what what am i trying to say things that you you will throw in someone's face if you have yeah that's what it is like things that i like it's my like um your claim to fame claim to fame yeah it's like i have been a jocelyn robertson truther from the start i listened to some old podcast episodes a while back like a couple months ago and in one of them we were doing olympic team predictions and i had justin robertson on my olympic team and i'm not gonna lie this time a year ago i don't want to say i was right i was like writing her off or anything but she definitely was inconsistent bars were really really sloppy um Holding kind of her back kind of was questionable she had yet to get an international assignment she didn't end up making national team last year and then she made the move to wcc and ever since then her gymnastics has evolved she's cleaned up her form she's upgraded she's getting international assignments and winning medals yeah and then she came out with the highest score in this competition for session one technically melanie jesus dos santos was ahead of her unofficially but because she's an international competitor her scores don't count in the rankings We'll get get to Melanie in a second, but Jocelyn was leading after session one. And she ended up finishing third overall. Which was the first all-around medal of her career as a senior. So 
I'm just so, so proud of her. She went 14 plus on three of the events. Bars had a mistake, but honestly, until the mistake, it looked better. It was. It wasn't that bad. Like, of course, she still needs to work on her execution. I think she knows that. Like, that's not a secret. Um, I know that's something that she's probably working on, you know, every day in the gym, along with, you know, increasing her difficulty and all of that. But her consistency and her confidence has improved tenfold. And I think that was really evident in this meet. I want to talk about her vault. She did the Chung for the first time in competition. People were ripping her to shreds on social media after podium training, which we ended up learning after the fact that she had a headache or maybe a been a migraine. She said she was having a hard time seeing and that she's actually been like in the weeks leading up to classics, been dealing with like persistent headaches. So she thought maybe it could be stress induced. Didn't really know for sure if it was a migraine, but she definitely had something going on that was affecting her in podium training. So to see her come back and have such a good performance, even despite bars, she was really on fire through those first three rotations. And I liked the progress that I saw on bars from her. Like yeah. she's better at hitting the handstand, still has a little bit of form and stuff, but floor landings were really solid. Yeah, she did the laid out double double and damn near stuck it. Yeah. <laughs> if not, definitely a stick. Full twisting double layout reminds me a lot of Jordan Childs where she like flares it kind of. It's not like super pin straight or like even a pike in the hips like some gymnasts do. Mm-hmm. Really like open and kind of like a, a flared body position on it, which is really nice. And then her her chung on vault, the one she did in competition was really good. She got her chest up on the landing, just a small hop back. And like I said, I think execution is something that especially when she goes to international meets uh, if she were to make the world championship team or the olympic team um i think that's something that could impact her score for me it's it's the knees like that's the part of her that i notice the most when she's flipping is her knees are sometimes bent so that's like the biggest thing that i think she really needs to key in on here in the next year year and a half because She's fighting for a spot with people like Jade Carey and Jordan Childs, who, in my opinion, at this point in time, have cleaner twisting form. Um, Knees aren't as soft. Mm -hmm. I think on floor, she's pretty similar to Jade, to be honest with you. I'm not saying, like, obviously she's not the exact same, but, like, I don't think her form is any worse than Jade's is. And... So then it becomes a matter of who's doing the most difficult routine and who has the best landings. Yes, and I was going to say on ball, I think Jocelyn does have a little bit of knees, but Jade has pre-flight form issues, and Jocelyn does not have as much. So you can nitpick it, pull deductions from both of them, and you know I'm sure... I think that we need to see more of them kind of going head-to-head. Oh, totally. To really see... Like, who's going to consistently score higher. And that's why championships are going to be so much fun. Yeah, because Jay didn't do vault here. She only did beam. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, with Jocelyn doing that vault, she also does your Yurchenko double, which she had, like, way too much power on, which I guess is a good thing at Classics. Um, yeah, at this point in the season, I would say that's, like, not a concern. Mm-hmm. But with her doing those upgrades, I think she's more in the mix than people have maybe considered her to be in the past. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm really excited about because I think that we've seen the potential for a long time. And now that she's made the switch to WCC, she's really just like coming into her own and thriving and completely like owning her gymnastics. And she looks really, really good. And I can't wait to see her continue to improve because I think that she's definitely in the mix. And the same is true with Melanie. She also made the switch to WCC. She looks amazing. I would say that was one of the best 
all-around performances that she's had in a long time, maybe possibly ever. She looks way more confident and sure of herself when she's out there. Well, it was her highest all-around score of the whole quad so far, so definitely a performance that, you know, she's going to be happy with. The crowd absolutely loved her. They adored her. The crowd here was really, really good. They were good for everybody. Like, sure, they went nuts for, like, Simone and Suni and Jade and Jordan and all the big names and Melanie as well. Um, but they also were really like supportive and respectful of the not as big athletes. Like this was a crowd that you could tell just loved gymnastics. And when someone was struggling and making a lot of mistakes, they would like cheer them on and like kind of like help them get through their routine. Yeah. And it so wasn't, was cool. it was a sold out arena. Now arena is not the biggest arena. Like we mentioned, there's that whole side of the arena where the media was sitting and where the scoreboard is at that like there aren't seats there. So there's basically a whole side that's not for people to sit. So it's not the biggest arena, but I think that because it was packed full and Simone and Suni were there, people were hyped up about that, that it created a really good environment overall for all of the athletes. Yeah, so, for sure. and people had signs for Melanie that were in French so she could see them and understand them. And I just think that's so cute and so supportive. Um, and I think she really appreciated that as well. They showed her on the broadcast. We went back and watched it like taking a picture of it you know what mm -hmm. i mean like she's just so she was so grateful you could tell yeah and that's part of the reason why she said that she wanted to come to the united states was just to have like not only more competition experience but gymnastics she says is just different in the united states even in terms of the way that it's covered like it's it gets more tv time it gets media coverage yeah you and, get more like respect yeah and the atmosphere at competitions is i guess probably a little bit different than it is in france so she did mention that after the competition, when we got to talk to her with the press, that that was one of like the main reasons that she wanted to come to the United States. So she seemed to be having a great time and, and really enjoying herself out there. Her score was a 56.2, which, like we mentioned, technically was the highest score of session one. It would have placed second with session two combined. Um, so that's pretty cool. Right up there with Simone. Right, as she should be. Also, I want to real quickly mention, I forgot to say this, Jocelyn was only a half-tenth behind Leanne Wan in the final rankings. Oh. So I think that speaks to her all-around potential as well, because if she can score just a half-tenth behind Leanne Wan when she had a fall on bars, which is already not a good, it's already a weaker event for her, I think that says something. Because Leanne had a really good day. Well, like, sure. I mean, are, was... we, are we moving on to session two now? Because I really feel like Jocelyn and Melanie were like the main people. There's oh, one more thing I want. Yeah. I want to mention. Just hold on. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let me finish the thought. Leanne, from what I recall, she obviously had like, there's deductions. There's things here and there, but like she didn't have a disastrous day. She didn't her have a beam dismount was pretty wonky. Yeah, that was probably the wonkiest part of her day, but she didn't fall. And no. so for Jocelyn to fall on a weak event. And still be that close to her is an interesting point. Yes. I just wanted to emphasize that. Okay. Now, Zoe Miller. <laughs> Twerking after her bar routine. So iconic. Well, her bar routine was great, first of all. Like, yeah. Actually, it was the highest score of the competition on bars. She had a 14.75. So definitely something to be happy about. And after her routine, she sticks to the dismount and 
she does this like little twerk thing (laughs) and in the arena like i thought maybe my eyes had deceived me because bars was the farthest event from us so you know and you're also watching multiple routines at once you're kind of like looking around like darting your eyes are darting back and forth you're not just like zoned in usually on one person unless it's like simone (laughs) so she nailed her routine and you know i'm like great on to the next thing and then out of the corner of my eye i see her twerking and i'm like wait a second did i just see that correctly i completely missed it and like you can see when you watch on the broadcast laurent in the background like the look <laughs> on his face he just walks by like almost unfazed like this just happens every day in the gym literally he's like yep here they go again like this is what i deal with every day in the gym and same thing with simone after her vault she did like her little wee celebration thing where she like raises her arm and then jumps in a circle and then raises the arm again and jordan was on the floor doing it with her they did that in podium training too so that was really funny and cute i feel like a lot of these athletes are just really in a different headspace it seems like i really feel like the vibes were good at this meet like i know nobody seemed super stressed nobody seemed like they didn't want to be there even like simone talking to the media after the fact like i feel like she just had like a different energy and like a different aura to her you know what i mean yeah. like she had an opportunity to walk away from the press and she said she was good that she could keep answering questions yeah so. they tried to cut it off after like five-ish minutes and she ended up talking for 15 with the media mm-hmm. and like i feel like if you know anything about simone with press conferences she's very like get you, me out of here usually you can tell by her face that she's over it but like this time she was like yeah let's keep going you know what i mean like yeah. i just feel like everyone was having a really good vibe and energy to them yeah and it's definitely different than what we're used to in like the Marta era. Like, could you imagine somebody twerking after their bar routine? Right. Feeling comfortable enough to do that and knowing that you're not going to get like in trouble after, you know, like, by the way, that was a bet we should probably mention. So it was a bet with the WCC girls and Simone in particular. They didn't think that she would do it on TV after her routine. And Simone bet her $200 to do it. And she ended up doing it. So <laughs> Simone is out $200. I'm sure that's fine with her. <laughs> but very, very funny to watch. And like we said, I think just good to see the girls out there having fun. Yeah, a very good sign, I think, of, um, you know, potentially culture change within USA Gymnastics. Like I said, I think that the fact that they feel comfortable enough to joke around and be lighthearted, whether that's in podium training or after a routine in the actual competition, like, Everyone just seems relaxed and like they're having a good time. And that's really what this is all about. You know what I mean? Like they're doing this because they love the sport, um, not because it's something that they have to be doing or that they should always be serious all the time. Like it's possible to do both. And I think that we're kind of starting to see that now, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's do the results of the senior women with both sessions combined. And then we'll get into more of our highlights from session two. So Simone Biles, of course, won the meet with a 59.1 wild <laughs> second was leanne Wong with a 54.1 i said that weird 54.1 so simone was f- exactly five points ahead of second place casual and then we mentioned jocelyn robertson just a half tenth back from leanne Wong with a 54.050 so i feel like obviously we have to start with simone and i think we have to start with the Urchenko double pike and the one that she's stuck cold in the warm-ups. That was crazy. So what's really crazy is that morning, I remember saying to Ash that if there was any quote-unquote downside <laughs> to her doing this vault, it's that I felt like it would be really hard to stick or at least control the landing because she has so 
much power. I feel like even more power than when she initially started doing it in 2021. Uh-huh. During podium training, she landed one. The other two, she had so much power that she almost did like a like a back extension roll out of it. Yeah. Because she just had too much power. And so I was talking to Ashley in the morning. And I basically said like, I'm pretty sure I, I literally said like, she's never going to stick that ball. <laughs> I said it like, not even like and then 12 Simone, hours. Simone must be in the room next door and she heard you. And then she's like, hold my drink. Like, <laughs> so it's on. it happened like 12 hours or whatever. I'm not going to do the math, but like uh, several hours later it happened and she stuck it in warm ups, and <laughs> it was <laughs> like the arena erupted. Everyone was like, and it wasn't even full. No, yet. but like the people who were there, they got to witness that. Oh, so good. I almost recorded it too. I almost picked up my phone because I saw her getting ready to go. And I'm like, you know what? Like for the moms, like, I don't know. Right. I don't know when the next time I'm going to be like in Simone Biles presence and she's going to be doing this fall. You know what I mean? So I'm like, maybe I should record it. And I was like, no, because it's just going to look how it's been looking. And she's just going to like fly out of it. So like, there's no need for me to get a video of it. And then she sticks it. <laughs> so we love that. Yeah, it was definitely... The best way possible to start wasn't even the competition yet, but what felt like the competition, like just to have her do that. And then knowing in a couple more minutes, we were going to actually see her compete for the first time. You're sitting there like nodding your head like this is going to be good, isn't it? So something that's interesting about the Yurchenko Double Pike is the start value. That is something that a lot of people, at least in like the media area, were really confused about. Oh, I think everyone's confused about it. Like. doesn't really make sense to me. So it had a provisional start value last quad of a 16.6. But this quad, they lowered all of the start values. I think for like the Yurchenko style vaults, it was four tenths. Yeah. So we were expecting it to be a 16.2. Which is what it got at camp a couple weeks prior. But then this meet, it got a 16.4. So we were like, why? Confusion? Help? <laughs> And so I think everyone was like talking and we were all like, wait a minute, like, are we seeing this craft? Is this an error? Like, like what? Why? Um, and I think Scott Bragman and Jessica from Gymcastic, like they were like on it immediately. They're like, we need to figure this out. So they went and asked someone from USA Gymnastics and there was still a little bit of confusion. Like, I think the people from USA Gymnastics didn't really know what to say. Like they were kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> but we ended up figuring out that they're working on a proposal for that vault to be a six 16.4 start value instead of the 16.2 so two tenths higher we'll have to see how that plays out because obviously they're giving her that start value domestically but internationally they might evaluate it differently yeah which is what happened last time so so we'll it, d- to- it didn't quite get the start value that they wanted and that everyone thought it deserved mm-hmm. i mean i think it deserves a higher start value oh like, absolutely i'm all for a few it. people if you guy gymnasts Besides Paul Judah, which we'll get to. <laughs> Few guy gymnasts ever do that vault. So to have one of the women gymnasts doing it is just crazy. And I don't know if they're going to do what they did with her beam dismount, her double-double beam dismount, where they don't want people attempting it. So they're going to purposely undervalue it. I hope that's not the case. I think it should get what it deserves, which is the highest possible start value that you can realistically draw up for that vault yeah so when i saw something saying that they were going to do the 16 like a 16 flat for the yurchenko double tuck if somebody were to attempt to go for that but like that's the argument like that is worth a 16 and therefore the pike version would be worth a 16 for like that's the argument i mm-hmm. guess 
We should probably also mention the deductions that Simone got on that vault. So she had six tenths in deduction, one of which was for one tenth, I should say, was for going out of bounds. And then five tenths of that was Laurent standing on the podium because that's not allowed, which he apparently plans to do going forward. Like he has no intention of for Simone's safety moving away from the podium because that was not something that last quad which Simone only did the vault at the U.S. Classic, and then she did it in podium training at the Olympics. And quals. No? No, she couldn't have done it in quals because that would have been named after her. No, it was... What did she do? Her normal vaults. Okay. She did it, I think, in podium training. She did, yeah, because there is a video of her doing it at the Olympics. It's the one of her in, like, the black leotard, which was podium training. Right. Okay, so, anyways, the two times that she has done that vault, Laurent has not been on the podium for it and now he is so and, and that was according to jessica from gymcastic i believe she was the one that got that information from him that it's he... circulating now so now it's one of those things like i don't know where it came from but i think she, that was the original source but um either way i'm i'm totally okay with that you know what i mean like that vault is rated so high and it's also so dangerous that i would rather them try and do it as safely as possible as opposed to having her go for it if in any way, shape, or form she can get in her head about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just especially after considering what happened last, I almost said last year, last quad, last time she competed. Well, I feel like I'd rather them just be safe and set yeah. up sorry. You know what I mean? And well, like take the deduction. Who cares? She got a 15-4 with those deductions. So I, I think she's fine. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's, it'll be fine. So I'm um, super excited to see that she's doing that vault again. Um, I kind of wondered if she's doing that vault. Well, first of all, she wants to get it named after herself. But do you also think that because of what happened at the Olympics with her getting the twisties on her Aminar attempt, uh-huh. that she's just like boycotting the Aminar now? Possibly. Maybe she finds it easier to do the Yurchenko double pike. Well, and also we had to consider the fact that you can't do two vaults from the same family. So she's not able to do the Aminar and the Yurchenko double pike. She would have to do like the Chong and the Yurchenko double pike. One of that and or the Aminar. Right. Like she could change out the Yurchenko double pike for the Aminar. And that can be kind of used like interchangeably if she wants. But I kind of just see her sticking with the Yurchenko double pike and trying to make it as consistent and comfortable as possible. Well, she looked Worlds and the Olympics. She looked great at classics with it. So that was exciting and then her new floor routine i really really love so it was choreographed by bj das and i think you can totally tell it's like it looks like bj same with jordan childs um very like collegey really you feel that way kind of like Uh, it's giving ucla okay interesting i don't know if i got that vibe um i think it's the best floor routine that Simone's had oh for sure for sure um and jordan's i also think i really like if you guys want to see because she didn't do floor at classics but you want to see like a high quality video of it we got it from podium trading when she did a dance through and that's on inside jim's youtube channel so um and we there's a couple little edits in it because there was a couple small little moments where the camera went out of focus so we like edited that or out. she like botched her wolf turn so we like we did her a favor and we cut that <laughs> right but like majority like i would say like 90 percent of her dance through is put together and it's on youtube if you want to check that out it's but- enough for you to get the the feel for what it's gonna be yes and when she's actually performing in front of a crowd you just know she's gonna eat so Uh super super excited for that but yeah simone's routine's great she's not doing her full difficulty at any event she's not doing her double double off bars beam dismount she's not doing the double double she's not doing a triple double on floor yeah so uh, kind of a lot of twisting stuff again which is probably to be expected but she is doing twisting like she is doing a 
one and a half through to double double. She's doing the Biles one, which is the double layout half out. Um, she's doing a double layout as her last pass. And then there's one more pass that I'm forgetting. Uh, full twisting double layout. Full twisting double layout, yep, as her opening pass. So she's definitely still twisting. Like, it's not a matter of... But it's not as much of a, the tucked twisting. But just, just an observation, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing that the goal was and to get some of I that in. I would say it's fine because she's doing a full end dismount still. She's still doing the full on beam. She's oh, still... no, no, no. Hold on. To be clear, I'm not arguing that she has the twisties. I'm not at all insinuating that. I'm just observing the fact that she has a lot less of the tucked twisting elements that she had previously in her routine. I just noticed that. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's something that she's going to be putting in come championships i don't know necessarily is she gonna keep her routines what they are because truthfully she doesn't really need all that difficulty well and that's what cecile said she doesn't really need the difficulty they might add it in if not for championships down the line maybe next year i think it's really just going to depend on what she's most consistent with and what she's most comfortable doing because she doesn't need the difficulty she's fine just how she is she could downgrade her routines from what they are now and still be fine so, yeah, we'll just have to keep our eye on that and see what she ends up doing. Either way, it's going to be exciting. Very, very excited. Also, Leanne Wan, very excited for her. She is representing Florida, so she did not go back to Gage like she did last Elite season. I'm very happy about that because she looks so happy. And she's, you know, we kind of mentioned a lot of these athletes seem to have a different, like, aura about them. And Leanne is one of the people that I noticed it with the most. The way that she walks around the floor, she makes eye contact with people. She smiles and... She says hello. She's She just seems like she's having fun. Yeah, like, she, there's a different energy. And then, like, then, meanwhile, you look across the floor and you see the gauge girls all looking, like, miserable. And then you have Leanne who's, like, glowing. Like, she's literally glowing. Well, And, and her gymnastics when, looks good, too. That's the that, thing. But then even when she does make a small mistake or, like, for a beam dismount, for example, definitely not how she wanted to perform it. But she has this look on her face just kind of like, oops, like, yeah, didn't mean to do that. It's, like, no big deal. And that's how it should be because this is classics. Like, it, it's literally not that big of a deal. So, yeah, I'm, I'm liking Leanne right now. I'm liking the vibes. I'm liking I the like- her new floor routine she's got some upgrades in there as well she did a double layout which i was not expecting i'm like why have you not been doing that this entire time yeah it looked good double layout tuck double double was a little bit wonky in the one touch warm-up but was great in competition so yeah she looked really really good she got second and then third was jocelyn and we already talked about her i think other seniors that you want to mention obviously suny lee we got to talk about her her first meet since becoming olympic all first elite meet i should say since becoming olympic all-around champion she's been dealing with some kidney issues as we all know so she hasn't been able to train as much as she has you know wanted to or you would hope to leading into a meet like this so she only did vault. She did Yurchenko full. It was really nice. And then her beam, I was really pleasantly surprised with because I just didn't know what to expect from her. Mm-hmm. Difficulty-wise, and then also just with her level of preparation and conditioning, like considering that she said that she's not training as much and she has days where she doesn't come in just based off how she's feeling. Or days where she just does dance and she doesn't actually do a lot of actual gymnastics or routine. She just kind of works on her dance elements right so they're very much taking it day by day which i think is smart i hope that they're not pushing it too much because i worry about like the long-term health risks that come with kidney issues like i just don't think that's anything to like play around with so i am hoping that you know they they have a training plan together that works for her that's what she's indicating when she talks to the media so 
um, really just taking it day by day. But with that being said, I was really pleasantly surprised with how she looked on beam. She had a really, really beautiful beam routine. She got a 14.5 on that event, which was good enough for second. And she looked so happy, so relieved after her beam routine. She got a little bit emotional. And I think that was probably just because the pressure she was feeling. That was something she talked about after podium training, just... You know, the expectations that come with being the Olympic all-around champion and maybe people out there that don't know fully what she's been going through and are expecting her to look just as good as she did in Tokyo. And knowing that she's not at full strength here, you know, and not wanting people to think that, you know, she's not in it or, you know, what happened to Suni. You know what I mean? Like, I I think she's just, she thinks about those things. So I think she was putting a lot of pressure on herself, but she did really good. She handled the pressure well. She performed well. And you could see the relief, especially after that beam routine. And what'll be interesting with Suni is she qualified to championships on the two events that she competed. So vault and beam. To me, she seemed to indicate that she was going to be petitioning to the all around. Well, first of all, Sam Pezek said that on the broadcast. And then in the media, after the fact, somebody asked her about that. And the look on her face, in my opinion, seemed to be one of like confusion. Like they basically asked her about like qualifying to nationals only on two events instead of doing the all around. And her her face to me kind of read like wait a minute what like I think she thought that she would be able to petition for the all-around and she still may I guess I'm kind of confused by that because if you're going off of what the rules say you only qualify on the events that you qualified on right. um there from my understanding there's not a petition process to get yourself to go on additional events unless they have some sort of stipulation for some unwritten stipulation i should say for somebody who is an olympic all-around champion or because of some of her medical health issues like maybe they are willing to bend the rules for her i guess so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but my understanding at this point in time is that she's only going for vault and bars or sorry bars no (laughs) beam beam and you good i don't know am i good (laughs) we have already recorded this entire podcast once and now we're having to like say it all again so some of it maybe feels like um contrived not not contrived but like i'm just like go mode you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it feels just like when we're trying to remember all the things that we wanted to say we still haven't watched the meet back either we watched the first session and we watched half of the second session not even we just finished simone's bars in the first rotation no after the meet we watched you don't remember that well no i don't you really don't remember that? No, I remember we watched it, but I don't I don't count that as like watching the meat. Like oh, I, I mean, I do. We did. I didn't re- I d- I didn't retain it. I was so tired. That's fair. That is fair. Okay, that makes sense. I'm like we just we did technically I wanted we to... physically were watching it. Like your eyes were on the screen. Yes. I don't know how much you were alive. Yeah, but... I want to be able to like sit down and process it and enjoy it like a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and then I probably have also a lot more thoughts after that, but um, this is a lot of just going off of like memory or what we did watch again that night, but that was mm-hmm. already feels like so long ago. So that, the whole weekend was a blur, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like trying to recall like on what days certain things happened, and I'm like, wait, and I have no idea. <laughs> also, I forgot something about Simone that I want to mention before we move on to anybody else. Um, just want to talk about her timeline back to competition. Oh yeah, because I think that's really impressive and course like it's simone she always does this but she said that she only got back in the gym really just to condition and like start getting in shape in september of last year and then once the new year hit she started actually like training and doing gymnastics again but didn't really like 
hunker down and go like pedal to the metal until after her wedding in May. Yeah. So, which is not that long. She ago. has not been training that long, but she looks amazing and really makes you wonder what she's going to look like in, you know, a month's time, two months time, three months time. In a lot of ways, year. I think her gymnastics, although it's not as difficult, I think it's higher and just it feels better than what she was doing before and i think that has a lot to do with her mental state personally that's my yeah justification like i think you can really tell that she's in a different place well she's going to therapy now once a week she's sad i think she has a great support system around her she's married now her teammates seem like they're really supportive and they're all good friends so yeah i think she's in a good place and with more time to train i think she's only gonna get better other people that we want to mention jade carey she only did beam wasn't her best it was kind of a shaky routine so but you have to remember she's still coming back from a busy ncaa season same with jordan childs like they went from competing elite worlds to college and then right back into elite like they're they haven't had much downtime yeah so that is something to consider jade looked phenomenal the entire college season so i don't think the like she's gonna have any problems getting back to that same oh no, no no and i think honestly a lot of it with jade is really strategic i actually feel like she is her, she and her dad are really good at pacing her and creating this training plan that allows her to slowly build up her difficulty and right now she seems to be working on more the things that she gets hammered on which would be like the artistry deductions execution things like that and she's probably working her difficulty behind the scenes but at this point in time there's really no need to go out there and and do it you know i think come championships you would want to see more difficulty from her because we haven't seen her full difficulty in a minute like like since the olympics so that's something that we'll be watching for to see what upgrades that she has for championships well we know she's not gonna be doing the triple double she's officially said that that ship has sailed so (laughs) she said she's a little bit scared of it i wonder if simone has anything to do with that yeah that, that is interesting like i wonder what made her change her mind about it because she was going for it in the previous quad And it would have been exciting to see her get it named after her. But ultimately, you know, got to do what's best for the body and also the mind. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know if it's worth the risk at this point. Like, I think she needs to focus on getting her difficulty that she had at the Olympics back. um, And, you know, improving her score in areas like artistry and execution um, that are going to keep her relevant in this conversation of not only who's on the world's team, but who's on the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. want to point out, too, that her dad is at Oregon State now as an assistant coach. So yeah. that will hopefully have a positive impact on her and her training because she's going to stay in college. She's still going to do classes, unlike, you know, Jordan, who went back to WCC and is deferring. And honestly, we don't even know at this point if she's going to come back to UCLA um jade is doing the opposite she's staying same with leanne staying Mm -hmm. in florida so she was asked about like how she's gonna balance it all and she said that the upcoming college season she's you know possibly not gonna travel to some meets depending on how far it is or maybe won't do all around every single weekend like she has been doing so definitely gonna be a little bit more cautious in the NCAA season which is smart going into that olympic year so that way she can be her best and peak when she needs to be but I'm excited for her to have her dad with her. I think, like you said, they're a great coaching daughter gymnast duo <laughs> and um, really... I think they have a good system. Yeah, they have a good plan in place to, to keep her healthy and 
you know, to kind of hopefully peak at the right time. So looking forward to seeing Jade and how she's going to balance it all and also continue to improve and fend off people like Jocelyn Robertson who are hot on her heels. And so. also Jordan Childs. Yeah. Jordan Childs only did beam and bars here. Really good. I mean, beam, she had a big significant wobble on her series, but other than that, I mean, it was pretty good. She hasn't been training elite well i shouldn't say she hasn't been training elite skills because i'm sure she has been at ucla but she recently got back to wcc like she kind of recently started to get back into that elite grind coming off the college season so i think that she has plenty of time to upgrade and kind of get that consistency back and i don't really have too much to say about her like she kind of just did jordan child's things like she just she looked pretty good really looking forward to seeing that floor routine though in competition yes also want to give a shout out to Kalia Lincoln. She's yeah. someone who, as a junior, was someone who had a lot of potential, in my opinion, but then, you know, dealt with injuries and kind of fell off the radar a little bit. But she's back and she looks great. Honestly, someone who might be a little bit of a sleeper for the Olympic team or even, you know, a world team or I don't know her plans down the line if she plans to do like elite and college, but I think she would be amazing. If when she is did she going that. to LSU? Do we know? I think it would be after the Olympics. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I so I still think she has work to do on some of the other events in terms of, like, consistency and things like that. But, but her vault, she does a Yurchenko double, and it's so good, so high, so clean. And then floor, she has some really nice tumbling passes, some of the highest tumbling passes in the entire field, mm-hmm. maybe aside from Simone. Actually, she plays second to Simone on floor with a 14 flat. She tied with Jocelyn Robertson. And didn't she win Winter Cup on floor? Yeah, I'm pretty she sure did. she did. She did. She has a really nice tuck double-double, double layout that's, like, beautiful. So really good stuff there from her on vault. And then um, she was actually third on vault here as well with a 14. You just said vault. You meant to say floor. But I think they knew what you meant. You said really good stuff from her on vault. Oh, well, you good, meant to say floor. <laughs> good stuff for her on vault, but also floor. Like, it's true either way. <laughs> well, I'm saying both. Like, I'm saying, like, she has good stuff on vault, and she also has good stuff on floor. Yeah. Um, She was third on vault with a 14-1-5 for Hirochenko double. I really enjoyed watching her. She was one of the people that caught my eye in the arena. And, you know, when you're there in person watching, your eyes are kind of darting back and forth, taking in everything. But she pulled my eye on Mm -hmm. both those events so yeah definitely someone to keep your eye on is kind of like a sleeper pick for your world and olympic team even if it's just for like an alternate spot like Mm -hmm. she could find herself in the mix for sure also sky blakely she's somebody who looked really really great here nailed the shit out of her standing full and probably the best that i've ever seen her do it um she's been looking really good even just with videos that we've seen online and her scores from camp like she definitely is keeping herself in the mix for her beam and bars alone but then also the fact that she has potential to be a strong all-arounder like she has good tumbling she has your chink which she didn't do floor here but she and has I, good tumbling she has i think a good if she vault. did floor here she would have been on that all-around podium probably um, but she has a good vault. You know, she she has all the makings to be exactly what Team USA needs. And she it, just needs consistency, which has been her downfall in the past. I think she's that's exactly what Team USA needs is Sky Blakely. Um, we have a lot of people who are good on floor and vault. And I don't want to say beam and bars is weak because it's not weak, but like you really need that like bar specialist, that, that person that can bring in like a really like metal worthy world or Olympic type routine. 
on that event and suny is that person but is suny gonna do the all around is suny gonna be healthy there's a lot more question marks around suny i think at this exact point in time so if someone like sky can really up her consistency and as an all-arounder kind of prove that she's one of those top all-arounders she's absolutely in the mix because i think her bars and beam being her best events but vault and floor also really being pretty solid pretty good yeah um that bodes really really well for her and her chances i think championships in san jose in a couple weeks is going to be a true test but i mean so far i think she's looking good and she's doing her job right like she did it once here i'd like to see her do it two more times yep. you know like just to really prove to everybody like give a middle finger to all of the people including mm-hmm. us who have said that she's inconsistent at times like i would love nothing more for her to give the middle finger to all of us well we're not wrong for saying that but i'd love for her to be like i'm no longer that person yes oh 100 percent. like please please do that because Bring i it, sky i think that she is absolutely in the mix um and like i said i think she's exactly what team usa needs so can't wait to see what she does going forward is there anybody else that we wanted to talk about oh we were going to talk about the men real oh, quick yeah so we don't normally talk about men on the all things gymnastics podcast i think we wanted to give a little shout out to paul judah to be honest with you one because he debuted his Yurchenko double pike this weekend and it was amazing so we saw it not one but two Yurchenko double pike king and yes. then simone is the queen <laughs> yes really really good especially to see him back out there and doing upgrades after having so many injuries he has definitely dealt with the injury bug i think he had like three or four different injuries that he had been through since this time last year so good to see him back out there such a positive energy amazing gymnast he is like the happiest nicest person that i think i've ever met even when he makes mistakes like he's the kind of guy that's just happy to be there you know what i mean and i know he's competitive like he wants he doesn't want to just be there he wants to win and he wants to do well but he's also the kind of guy that's not gonna like beat himself up after having a mistake like he on his last event which was pommel horse got a little too excited too early as he was going for the dismount and ended up standing on the pommel horse instead of on the floor (laughs) (laughs) and i was like wait what did he do why did he do that and he said afterwards when we were talking to him that he just rushed it and he had, he has a tendency to do that. He'd done that in the past when he was younger. Like he's thinking about the celebration and, you know, the fact that he's having a great meet and he just wants to keep it rolling. And he got a little bit ahead of himself, but he, he really did have a good meet aside from that mistake. He got third in the all around. Astrahan got first and Koyan was second. Yes. I'm like, wait, who got second? Yeah, and then Paul Gita was third. So... Paul Judah supremacy is basically the um, the message that we're trying to send here. Right. If you're not into men's gymnastics and you want to kind of start getting into men's gymnastics and you're looking for someone to stand, we would highly recommend Paul Judah. Mm-hmm. Hashtag stand Paul Judah. Because he's a good gymnast. He's really clean, but he's also just like a really good guy. Like, mm-hmm. and he's also dating Rana Gugino, who we also love. <laughs> so like, like stand both of them, please. But we're like really grateful for him because he so we requested to speak with him and usa gymnastics told us that he had left the arena because they have a buy they had two buys and they they did and in, in the whole meet they did but so they ended with a buy so he ended with a buy a lot of the top athletes ended with a buy so like people started leaving like a lot of the top male gymnasts were like just piecing out because why are they sitting around for another rotation when they're not doing awards or anything like that so yeah i think he he did like kind of leave he was like up in the stands we ended up spotting him and we were like okay so he didn't leave he's right there 
And so Ashley texted him and was like, hey, we want an interview. Can you, like, come back down here? And I said, like, it's fine if you can't. Like, I'll catch you at championships. Like, I don't want to, like, inconvenience him. Right. Like, no big deal. But, like, just asking. And he's like, absolutely. And he's like, can you come up here? And I was like, no, can you come down here? Because we're not allowed. Well, I mean, we can go up there, but it's, it's more difficult with wherever you're at. So he ended up coming down, which we were super, super thankful but, for. But, like, that's the kind of guy he is. He's, like, not inconvenienced by anything. And I'm like, bless your heart. Like, <laughs> The media appreciates that. But I also think he appreciates the media. And that's something that he kind of said. Every time I talk to him, he starts by thanking me for the time, for letting him share his story. Like, he's always just so grateful, which is really, really nice to see. Because I think the guys in this definitely don't take it for granted. Yeah. And because they, they don't get the opportunities. Truly, they don't get the opportunities as much as the women do and, and the interest from the media. So he's not wrong. You know, whenever he has the opportunity to talk and do an interview, um, he's, he's grateful for it. And I think that's nice as a member of the media just to have the athlete show their appreciation for mm-hmm. even for what you're doing. So. Yeah, because I feel like the men kind of got like the short end of the stick with coverage for this meet. Like their oh, bro- totally. their broadcast was not on TV first of all. So they had like a live stream, there was no commentary. There was fans in the stands, but because USA Gymnastics moved the day and also the times of the meet um like literally the second men's meet they end up pushing the time back because the first one went too long and it just you know they, it didn't get a lot of people left is what i'm saying like i think a lot of fans left and a lot of athletes left the, the media left like quite literally it was us so inside gymnastics and then gymnastics now we're the only media that was there for the men um and then we actually ended up having to leave for the second session of the men because we had to drive back home we didn't have like another night in the hotel so and that was the issue like also me saying that i just want to make it clear i'm not like i'm not shading the other media for leaving i'm, I'm saying that because usa gymnastics people had flights and hotels right, like people like they had to leave like it wasn't anyone's fault like people just couldn't be there and the men deserve better than that which is where i'm going with this is i feel like i wish these things were more organized and well thought out and that the men got the same level of respect and attention from USA Gymnastics that they give to the women. And I understand the fan base for men isn't as large, but I think it could be if they were treated different by the media and by USA Gymnastics. Um, (laughs) That's all I'm going to say on that. I have more things to say, but maybe we'll save that for another day. Another year. Another year. Another life. I don't know. But that's my little rant, I guess. Also, I'm going to shout out Kinsley. She is a men's gymnastics expert. Me and Ashley don't, know everything about men's gymnastics we are still very much learning because we don't cover it you know what i mean like on this podcast like we i'm gonna talk about we women. know who's who and you know the competition we they watch go to, like, but... we pay attention and we know we've learned a little bit more in the past like year or so from paying attention more but like we want to get better at talking about what's going on with the men at least the big things um and giving them the attention and the respect that they deserve at competitions So Kensley has been like super helpful. Like we can text her whenever we have a question about a skill or what something means or like, who is this person? Who should we be watching? You know what I mean? Like pretty much any question you ask her and she's right there to like help you understand it, which I think is great even for the media to have a better understanding of what's going on with the men. We all kind of have to like train ourselves, you know? Um, and so I think she's been super great for helping us and a lot of gymnastics fans. Mm-hmm. She has a website called Neutral Deductions that she created recently. And she covers everything that's happening to men's gymnastics every week. It's exclusively men's gymnastics, which has never happened before. We've never had a 
gymnastics media outlet that is just strictly for the men it's always like just the women or it's a little bit of both a lot of the media well, not, i shouldn't say a lot a couple of the media outlets do cover both but um a lot just cover the women so i think that kensley is doing it for the the flip side and she's just covering the men is that's kind of her expertise and i think we're we're really grateful for that so just wanted to shout that out if you're interested in watching men's gymnastics and kind of learning more about it i think her website neutral deductions is super helpful and we'll link it down below that does it for this week's episode we hope you guys enjoyed it unfortunately we're not doing a question of the week this week just because this episode is already over an hour and it's our second time recording it and we've spent enough time on it as is so we're just going to skip over the question of the week but if you have one that you want answered next week we have a link in the show notes down below to an anonymous form where you can submit a question also we want to thank our gold level patreon supporters so a big thank you to ml Megan W, Katie C, MSU, Kimberly G, Randy B, Emily B, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Becca S, Blake B, Cookie Master, Faith, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Erica S, M, Derek H, Abby M, Martin, Paul M, Krista, Jasmine C, and Lee B. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We love and appreciate you guys so, so much. And if you are interested in becoming a Patreon supporter and helping to keep this show going and growing, we have a link in the show notes down below to our Patreon page where you can see the perks of each tier level and how you can join. We'll be back next week with another interview. We have NC State's Chloe Negretti on the show, and it is a really great interview. We had a great conversation with her just about, you know, growing up in the sport, the injuries that she's been through, how she got to NC State, and what her plans for the future are. So we really think you guys are going to enjoy that one. So we hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye.